G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories, social justice issues. Stick Together is made at 3CR Radio in Melbourne. We broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and we're coming to you on your local community radio station. Spring is all about football when you're down in Melbourne, but uh, not at the Maritime Workers' Union rooms in Island Street, West Melbourne, over the first weekend in September. They were all about the serious business of peace. The union opened its doors to the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network, that's IPAN. We hear from MUA Assistant National Secretary Warren Smith about YPC's union business. But first, some workers' news. Sally McManus, Secretary of the Australian Council of Trade Unions, the ACTU, has been travelling the country, visiting industrial hotspots and outlining the changes that need to take place if there is going to be balance in industrial relations in this country. McManus tweeted on September the 22nd the following... Today I visited the town of Collie, which is the epic centre of the use of our unjust workplace laws. Griffin Cole cancelled their enterprise agreement, causing the workers to have a 46% pay cut. This has devastated the town, 2.5 hours from Perth, of 9,000. The wives and partners have taken up the fight and the workers have been fighting back. They have now been on strike for six weeks. They need our help. The rules need to change. This should not happen to any worker, but now it can happen to anybody on an EBA. McManus described the current system of negotiating wages as a joke and outlined proposals unions were working towards. We think that workers should be able to organise where the power is, Ms McManus said. That is expected to involve unions being able to negotiate across entire industries or supply chains to set pay and conditions, a significant break with the orthodoxy of the past 25 years. Ms McManus also wants major changes to how the pay of millions of low-paid workers are set in awards, the wages safety net. The awards have been either left to wither or been stripped back. Sally McManus said, the unions can't move the award forward anymore. Pay increases in awards should not be tied to increases in the minimum wage, she said. Instead, workers should be able to push for much higher pay rates. You've now got a situation where the minimum wage is not enough to pull you out of poverty and underneath that, you've got that one in ten workers on temporary work visas, she said. And then you've got... Wage theft dragging things down. 40% of people are in some form of insecure work. Ms McManus said unions are still working on the proposals, the full detail of which will likely be announced early next year. We want to make sure solutions we propose are rigorous, are flexible and are going to last for at least a couple of decades. A new report commissioned by the Transport Workers Union, the TWU, uh, the consequences of wage suppression for Australia's superannuation system, has been released recently. 
The report shows that downward pressure on wages caused by wage theft, wage freezes, reduced penalty rates and cancelled enterprise agreements has cut $100 billion from Australia's super balances. That means Australian workers are being diddled out of their super. The report finds around 3 million people or a quarter of the workforce have experienced some form of wage suppression and will stand to lose out of their retirement savings because of lower superannuation payments compounded over time. There will be a black hole of up to $37 billion in real 2017 dollars for the government through lost taxes on lower superannuation contributions and the consequent higher age pension payouts. In the worst cases, where employers cancel enterprise agreements and force employees onto the minimum award, superannuation savings can be reduced by as much as $270,000 by the time an individual retires. In cases where employees are illegally underpaid, retirement savings can be reduced by over $50,000. Where enterprise agreements allow for below-award payments, retirement savings can suffer by over $40,000. When an employer enforces even a temporary wage freeze, retirement savings can be reduced by over $30,000 over an individual's retirement period. White-collar workers feel the knife as Commonwealth Bank cuts jobs. The Commonwealth Bank is proposing cuts of 170 IT staff under a restructure of its enterprise services business unit. The cuts are set to be made across eight IT domains and affect workers in Sydney, Melbourne and Perth. The CBA has spent the past week consulting with impacted workers and union officials. The cuts are believed to be the result of ongoing digitalisation and automation within the bank. A further cut of 54 scientists at CSIRO after swinging cuts across the peak scientific organisation over the last few years points to why the future of Australian groundbreaking work in science should perhaps not be tied to the economic focus of the government in power. The union representing workers at the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation, CSIRO, has warned that Australia's premier science agency appears braced for another round of significant job cuts with news that dozens of scientists now are facing redundancy. Describing the proposed job cuts as a response to market demand, CSIRO Executive has confirmed plans to sack 42 scientists from its Mineral Resources Unit and cut an additional 15 jobs from the Sydney Laboratory home to the organisation's breakthrough Wi-Fi research. More than one in five CSIRO jobs have been lost since the 2013 election of the coalition government, an unparalleled tragedy in the history of Australian science and research, CSIRO Staff Association Secretary Sam Popotsky said. 
A day of action has been called for Wednesday, October the 11th in Perth by the FIFO construction workers against broken industrial rules. The organisers say, had enough of labour hire, flat rates, had enough of backpackers and visa workers taking your jobs, enough of casualisation, dodgy agreements being voted up, enough is enough. If the rules are broken, change the rules. Here's your chance. Let them hear you. Stop the war on workers' rally starting at Queen's Garden Corner, Hay Street and Plain Street at 7.30am Perth. The date, Wednesday, October the 11th. Last week, thousands of people rallied in Adelaide in support of the Yes vote for marriage equality. The following rousing speech by Aaron Cartledge, CFMEU South Australian State Secretary, set the tone. Thank you, what an amazing turnout. This is unbelievable and thanks for the opportunity to get to say a few words. Got a trade union movement flags here and so they should be. We should be challenging discrimination. We should challenge it everywhere it exists. Why does the CFMEU back the yes vote? I'll tell you why we back the yes vote. For 15 years we've been campaigning because we're discriminated on building sites with draconian laws that target our members every day. And how can we be calling for one law for all and then have a different view when it comes to a yes vote for this? So we support it and we'll argue for our members to support it. One law for all is our cry, one law for all is yours, and we're with you in this all the way. We've had enough opinion polls, we've had enough surveys. What this actually shows is piss-weak government. When governments can't lead, they should be thrown out. When governments can't decide, when we've elected them to make decisions and they can't do it, they should be pissed off and other people talk it. What this actually shows is Malcolm Turnbull has been hijacked by those neoconservatives, that hardcore right, the Cory Bernardis, he's shit scared of the Pauline Hansons, of the Tony Abbotts, and he can't control them. Those no-voters, when you're actually devoid of any substance to your uh, ability to be able to explain your argument, you then turn to the mistruths, the lies and the hate speech. And that's what we're seeing here. That's why I'm on Turnbull's chest. He has divided this country when he should have led this country. We've had enough votes. We know the majority of Australians want this to happen. And now he's put it out to another survey. The irony of it is, if there's a no vote, he says the people have spoken and we're not going there. But if there's a yes vote, us as the politicians need to discuss what goes on. Not a joke. Not a joke. The parliament has to decide. Let's make sure there's a resounding yes. Let's make sure then that if they don't deal with it, we're back out on the streets, that we keep pushing hard, and if bad laws don't change... If bad laws don't change, then bad governments have to. Thank you very much. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Oh, it's a war on the 
broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. Uh, with Just Peace up in Queensland and, and, and High Pan as well. Yeah. So, um, uh, we, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that we've been involved in. Like, like, um, we're really interested this afternoon to be able to sit down with a lot of the other unions and, and I'm just hearing Warren speak from the uh, MUA yesterday about how we can get more unions involved in the peace movement going forward and really stress to people that this is a working class issue and it's an issue that affects working class kids. I mean, one thing that I really think about when I think about how it impacts the working classes, you know, it's usually the middle or upper classes who are the people that are making the decisions to, for Australia and other countries to go into war um, and they're the ones that profit from it. But the kids that go over there and, and fight, they're all working class kids usually. You know, they're not people from those sort of backgrounds and they're the sort of people that you know we cover and we look after in our um in our union and, and strive to, to to move forward with um, protecting the working class as well you're on stick together union news workers stories social justice issues that's the voice of dan nankaro from the queensland's electrical trades union he was at the independent peaceful australia network ipan conference which was held at the Maritime Union Rooms in Melbourne early this month. In July, you might remember that the Defence Industry Minister, Christopher Pine, started saying he wanted Australia to become a major arms exporter on par with Britain, France and Germany. He thought it would be good if we used our exports to cement relationships with countries in volatile regions, such as the Middle East. And then in Victoria and Queensland, a bidding war started to win contracts to build tanks. The idea was to create jobs by retooling closed factories to become part of the brave new world of war manufacturing. It was time for unions to remember peace is a union business. Let's first hear from Warren Smith, Assistant National Secretary of the MUA, the Maritime Union of Australia, who gave a keynote speech at the IPAN conference. Some question why our union would participate in this peace conference. And there is a view that a union's obligations should be to look solely after its members' economic interests alone. There's no place for the union in politics, some say, or more negatively, we hear no politics in the union. Ultimately, this non-class position is rejected by our union. Unions are fundamentally political organisations, class organisations. And to remove unions, the largest working class organisations in Australia, from politics is to remove the working class from politics and cede the struggle to the employers. And further, as class organisations, unions must be engaged in the class struggle as it presents itself in the workplace, but also in society. Peace is a class struggle. Hence, we are here. And we're here to stay in this area of work. And we recognise that those forces of capital that drive the world to war are the same forces responsible for the ongoing exploitation and attacks on the standard of living of working class people across the planet. The ruling class drive to war ultimately kills working people. Our homes, our cities, our environment, 
and potentially kills all of our futures, especially with the dark cloud of nuclear madness that hangs over us and threatens to murder millions of people. War has always killed workers, and the slaughter of one in eight Australian seafarers while at work during the Second World War is a frightening portrayal of the burden that workers and their families carry during war. That's why peace is union business. It will always be union business, and in fact it needs to be the business of everyone. As the current nature of corporate plunder through war must end as an unsustainable nightmare that threatens the existence of life on the planet. The importance of this IPAN conference is seen through its breadth, but its urgent task is to involve the broadest and widest masses of the community in the struggle against imperialist war and aggression. This is a big and urgent task. The MUA pledges to do its part as part of the organised labour movement in the building of a movement that can shape the foundations of this unjust profit-driven system. The unfortunate reality for us, unfortunate reality for us all, is that war and capitalism are intrinsically linked. The severity of the current world situation is born out of the ever-increasing domination and control over the world's wealth by a tiny number of people and their corporate interests. The escalation of the war threat is completely consistent with and part of the attacks on organised labour, on democratic rights, on our health and education systems and the privatisation of public assets. The common denominator is private profit. <clears throat> Even the nuclear arsenal even the nuclear arsenal of the US is in practice privatised and in the hands of huge corporations on cost plus contracts with behaviours obscured and filtered through national security smokescreens. So unlimited profit drives a business model where killing 20 million plus people and destroying the environment is acceptable and in, any, in many ways required. It's good business. If people find that unacceptable, they should be part of this movement for change. It's required and vital, as only people, active and organised, can make change. Previously, millions of people have marched against wars and nuclear weapons. It is unlikely their views have changed. They are just not yet reorganised and IPAN can become a vehicle to that end. Currently, the MUA and the entire trade union movement is at war. We operate under massive political and industrial constraints. We are experiencing a war on workers, driven by industrial laws that breach basic ILO standards and deprive Australian workers of fundamental international rights, particularly the right to strike and prohibitions on secondary boycotts. We are confronted with so many struggles on so many fronts and long-standing industrial agreements with over 25 years bargaining history can now be terminated and wages cut by up to 40% at a time of booming profits and the greatest disparity in wealth that Australia has seen in over 70 years. Unions stand in the way of profit and that's why we are the enemy.
The peace movement, although it ultimately strives for a peaceful world without nuclear weapons, is confronted with the same dilemma as the trade unions, in that it also stands in the way of profit. We are natural allies in a struggle against a system that puts the pursuit of profit before the requirements of people. Most in our society are our natural allies. Australia should be a republic, and in my view should be decoupled from the US military alliance. Australia should be independent and stand alone, but we've been drawn into an aggressive military alliance. An alliance that has never been used in our defence, but has consistently drawn Australian troops into wars of imperialist aggression. Australian troops have died on the basis of a lie in both Iraq and Afghanistan, Vietnam too, and don't forget our part in the Korean War, the basis for much of today's conflict on the Korean Peninsula. Further to that, US spy bases make us a considerable threat and military target. They are littered all over the country. Our link to US military operations draws us inevitably into conflicts that are not in our interests. The insanely pro-business, racist, misogynist US government of Donald Trump gives us an immense opportunity to step away from an alliance driven by global corporate domination pursued through military means. We have a right, and indeed an obligation, to say that that's not the sort of alliance we want or need if we are serious about our defence and security. On July 7, 2017, an overwhelming majority of the world's nations adopted a landmark global agreement to ban nuclear weapons, known officially as the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. Subservient to the US as always, the Australian government boycotted the negotiations and refuses to sign the treaty. This flagrantly disregards community opinion. A Nielsen poll in April 2014 showed that 84% of Australians want the government to join international efforts to ban nuclear weapons. Now, Australia's boycott will have grave implications. It calls into question our commitment to the UN, but also to the 1968 Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, and makes advocacy in other areas less credible. Who will believe government claims to want peace and security if Australia actively undermines the historic efforts to strengthen international law and give, uh, give effect to the disarmament obligation written into the Non-Proliferation Treaty? Australia lends bases, ports and infrastructure for the United States nuclear war-fighting apparatus. In particular, Australia's integration with US missile defence programs makes us complicit in what is arguably the most destabilising of US ambitions, the acquisition of a first strike capacity. A movement for peace is, and must also, be a movement for justice. Our union's history is a history of struggle. We strive always to improve the wages and conditions of members. But take that further and realise our role in the struggles for education, health, public housing, better community services is vital. And these are the things that affect each and every worker. We stand in solidarity with our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in their pursuit of treaty, justice and land rights.
we stand in solidarity with workers the world over, recognising the global might of our opponents. The struggle for peace is no different. And we must build our movement here and link that to an international push against the drive to war. Australia's defence budget is set to increase by approximately 6% in real terms in the fiscal year 17-18, rising to 34.7 billion. But by 2025-26, it looks like it's around $58.7 billion. Comrades, that's around $16 million a day. Now, peace brings a social dividend. Increases in military spending are due to interoperability issues and the consequential requirement to purchase expensive military hardware so Australian equipment can coexist with the United States. These funds should be legitimately directed to public housing with thousands living on the street. We could build schools and hospitals and not have the ever-intensifying threat of cuts to Medicare. Peace creates many more jobs with a positive social, human and environmental dividend. Peace and a focus on defence comes much cheaper than budgeting for military aggression. The peace movement embodies the sort of world we want to live in. And that's why, in our view, peace is union business. Thanks, comrades. To hear the ACTU talking about the development of a campaign that will take on the laws and talking about fundamental things like the right to strike is a good start and a good narrative. Now, whether or not that gets built remains to be seen, but our union's committed to building it. We're committed also to not making the mistakes that we've learnt from before. The trade union movement made a terrible mistake when Rudd came into power. And we had and built the Your Rights at Work movement, which was a phenomenally beautiful united front movement that had mass, and it needs to be about creating change, not about just changing governments, but about saying to whatever government is in power, we'll come for you too if you don't deliver. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne. We broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au. You can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or you might call us on 03-9419-8377 and you can leave us a message. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.